Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Forging the Path. My name is Adam and I am so, so grateful. Uh, I just got to take a second here before I get into the rest of this episode. Thank you so much. I'm just looking at some of the analytics and I'm looking at some emails and texts recently um, and I'm blown away by the encouragement and the support from people uh, around this podcast. So uh, anybody who's sat down for an interview with me, anybody who has helped share this with a friend, um, post something on social media about this, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm really excited for where we're headed and uh, I have really no idea what I'm doing when it comes to podcasts, but I'm just grateful that God is using this to bless people. And uh, if ever there was a time where we needed a message like this, I think it's now. We need men to stand up, to rise up, to speak up about what it means to be the men that God has created us to be, to be humble yet strong, to be servant leaders, to sacrifice for the people around us, to be protectors and providers. First and foremost, in our marriages and in our families with our own children, but also in our workplaces, in our businesses, in our neighborhoods, in our churches, in our communities. And um, and that's just a passion of mine. So I appreciate all of you very, very much for being a part of this. Um, we call this podcast Forging the Path because uh, we want to move forward. We want to forge a path. Sometimes the path is hard to find, but we have a trailblazer. We keep our eyes on Jesus and we follow him. And so he's the trailblazer. He's the author and the pioneer of our faith. We follow him wherever he goes, however he leads. And we always look to him for our example. And forge is just one of those words that I'm really drawn to because it's a, it's a brutal and harsh process to forge something. There's fire, there's a hammer, there's pressing, there's banging, there's pounding, and there's water, and there's, it's just, you know, I think of the old blacksmith in the, in the Middle Ages, that process of forging something. But while it's a brutal process, the end result is beautiful. The end result is, is a useful tool um, or a beautiful you know, piece of art. And so that's, uh, that's really cool to me too as I think about that word forge and I think about the process of us becoming more like Christ. There's, there's definitely some forging that takes place. And today I wanted to share a little bit of a story about a friend of mine called Ponytail Tom. And Ponytail Tom, I first met him in a men's group years ago, and he just was such a sweet, sweet dude when I first met him, still is. He he had a, a past, you know what I mean? He had an, an upbringing that was really hard, really challenging, filled with lots of pain, moments of darkness and violence and abuse that that left some scars on him, physically and metaphorically. And Ponytail Tom, when I met him, had just recently come to know Jesus and walk with him and trust him. And it, it was life-changing for him. Uh, one of my first men's groups with him there, uh, I remember the guys giving him a Bible, and I remember him feeling so unworthy 
like his hands almost trembling. Like I've, oh, I've never really owned my own Bible before. He was telling us he kind of thought he would get struck by lightning if he held it wrong or handled it improperly. <laughs> he still just felt the weight of, of, of shame and unworthiness, which I bet if we're honest with, a lot of us can identify with on some level at least. And so we took Tom to Romans 8.1. We said, Ponytail Tom, go to Romans 8.1. This will be the first verse in your new Bible that you highlight. And he said, highlight? I can't, I can't highlight in the Holy Bible? Are you kidding me? Like I, I don't even deserve to own one of these things. I can't write in it or highlight in it. Like the Lord will surely strike me down or something along those lines is what he said. Um, we said, nope, do it, do it. You Look, Romans 8.1, underline it, circle it, highlight it, you know, make a note in the margin and, you know, commit this verse to memory. Ponytail Tom, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he read it. He read it out loud. And he did highlight it. And, and we, we, we asked him, read it again. Read it again, man. Yep, do it again. What do you think that means? And we had a big conversation on what, what that meant for Ponytail Tom in that season of his life. And throughout the next several years of men's groups, we had to remind him, hey, listen, you're listening to the, the wrong voice, Ponytail Tom. You're listening to the voice of accusation and condemnation and unworthiness and shame. Here, Romans 8.1, listen to that voice. Listen to your Father's voice in heaven. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Ponytail Tom, you're in Christ, man. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You're forgiven as far as the east is from the west. You're blessed. You're adopted. You're loved. Dearly beloved. (laughs) You're redeemed. You're set free. Like all this stuff, this is who you are in Christ. It's identity, 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 identity. And what was really neat to see is that over the next couple years, Ponytail Tom started to believe it. It started to seep into his heart a little bit more and a little bit more. And he began sharing that message of Romans 8.1 with other guys who had a past similar to his past, who struggled with the same things that he struggled with. And he brought freedom to them in a way that none of the rest of us in that men's group could ever do. And he started bringing new people to the men's group, guys that were a little bit more like him. didn't have a ponytail, I guess, but their past was like his. And so it was really awesome to see this, like his identity and his gifting and his calling become more and more real and lived out as he believed that there's no condemnation. He's totally set free. He's in Christ. He began living a life defined by the Father's voice. That's what I would encourage you with today. Live a life defined by the Father's voice because that's the real battle in our lives, isn't it? Whose voice are you going to listen to? Are you, whose voice are you going to, are you going to listen to the Father's voice or are you going to listen to 
of another voice, any other voice. The voices on social media, the voices in the news, the voices from your past, the voices of, of other people in your life, the, the, your own voice. Whose voice are you going to listen to? I encourage you. I plead with you. And I'm learning to do this still today too because we're all on this journey together. Live a life defined by the Father's voice. The voice that we listen to is the voice that defines us. And really quick, I'll just say this. The enemy often attacks us in the area of our greatest gifting or calling, right? It's, it's always about identity, but, but he goes after. I think the enemy knows some of our callings and our giftings better than we do because he goes after them hard. And I see this in Moses. Moses flees to Midian and lives as a foreigner and a shepherd after killing the Egyptian, but he's called to be the deliverer. He's called to be the, the guy who helps free Israel out of Egypt. And he needs several convincing proofs at the burning bush moment because he's believing lies about who he is and how God wants to use him. Gideon, Gideon's hiding in a winepress when his country is getting attacked and ransacked. And the Lord greets him and doesn't say, what the heck is wrong with you, Gideon? Get out of here and lead your people. Fight. You know, the Lord greets him by saying, greetings, mighty warrior. He speaks identity right into Gideon's soul. Greetings, mighty warrior. I think the Lord is saying that to a lot of men in our generation today. You actually are a mighty warrior. Stop hiding in the basement and playing your role so small. Um, we see this most obviously uh, in Jesus. And and how does the enemy come to him in the wilderness? If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, then do this, then do that. And he tempts him, but he first says that, that little, if you are the son of God. Well, why does he say that? It's because just a few sentences earlier, after Jesus's baptism, a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son. With him, I am well pleased. So of course, the enemy is going to go after that the first chance he gets. And he's doing the same thing to so many men today in our generation. Don't believe his lies. Listen to your father's voice. So for a lot of us, it's Romans 8.1, like Ponytail Tom. And maybe we need to believe and listen to more intentionally that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Maybe it's a different area of struggle, but regardless, the voice of our Father needs to be the voice that we listen to the most because it will be the voice that defines us. So Lord, I pray for everybody out there listening that they would hear your voice better, that they would be defined by your voice, what you say about us. And I pray that you would expose the lies of the enemy. I pray that you would expose the distractions of the enemy. I pray that you would get rid of of shame and condemnation for anybody listening that just feels the weight of that. Jesus, your, your blood is enough. You're the king. You set people free. And I pray that you would set many men free 
in our generation today so that they could love others well, lead others well, be free from guilt and shame and sin, that you would do something amazing. And it, and it can only be you, God. So help us hear your voice. Help us hear your voice. Amen. Amen.